Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. Today, we're going to talk about becoming a leader. Not everybody has the opportunity to lead a team, but when you do, you can see so many positive things that can come out of this experience. You get to develop a team, take on larger projects, gain more responsibility. You get exposure to senior management and you get to move up a rung on the corporate ladder to name just a few ideas that have happened for people and for me. Now, everyone's going to look at you for your thought leadership, decision-making, and to see how you will make your mark with this team that you have now. And one thing to understand is that leadership isn't something that people are immediately good at when they get the title. And I think that's what happens for a lot of people is they make that assumption, well, I got the title, so now I have to be really good. I have to have all the answers. Let me just tell you, you don't. It takes time to figure out who you are and what you stand for. Having a strong leadership foundation is a great way to start, but then what? Unfortunately, you can take every class there is, but that is not going to help you get through the situations that you're going to deal with as a leader. And those are both good things and things that are more challenging. There are many things that are probably running through your head in the beginning. You're trying to take in new information. What does everybody do in the group? Who are your team members? What are their experiences and what are their strengths? How can you set this team up for success to accomplish the objectives that you've been given? This is your time to look at things objectively and decide if there are changes that you want to make. Meet with your team members and clients to listen to them and analyze what's working or not working. Realistically, you should probably meet with all the key players in the beginning very quickly because you need to gather information, understand what changes may be needed, document those, align them with people in the organization, key stakeholders that you may need to have conversations with. Most of the time, you want to try to have a really good, solid plan of what you're going to do in this team by the first 90 days. Now, it doesn't have to be exactly 90 days, but the sooner you implement the changes, the better it is for everyone. If you try to make changes around six months, 
it's just going to be a lot more challenging because everybody's going to continue to have done what they've always done. And it's much easier to rip the Band-Aid off in the beginning and just make whatever changes you think are the right things to make. Some ideas might be, are people duplicating work? Are people doing work they shouldn't be doing? Are they doing too much work and you need to reallocate workload? Once those things have already started, it's much more challenging to move things around. So because you're new, people will be expecting you to make changes. Just go ahead and do that. So start with what you think is best. Build the best foundation with your team that you can. There's always going to be new projects, resource changes, or new priorities that come along, which are going to require shifts to what your group is doing. Keep evaluating how things are working. And as these types of changes happen, you can either incorporate them and make adjustments, or you don't have to. Don't overanalyze things and let perfection get in the way of what will work for right now. Just start leading your team and begin making a difference for them and your organization. Now, here are some challenges that new leaders might encounter. Leadership doesn't come naturally for everyone. We've talked a little bit about that already. But what is fascinating, though, it's not that they're not good leaders. They got this role for a reason, right? They probably went through a rigorous interview process. They've already been demonstrating success in the organization or at another company if they came in fresh to this company. It's because they don't believe they're good leaders. The critic in their head gets in the way and tells them that they're not good enough. This definitely happened to me, and now I can see how so many other leaders do the same thing and hold themselves back. Now, I thought I'd share some examples from my own experience and my clients, and I wanted to just see if any of these resonate for you, because they might. So some of my limiting beliefs were that only senior leaders could sit at the big table during a meeting. And I would think to myself, I respect them. They're higher on the chain of command. I don't belong there because I'm not on the executive team. I believed that thought for so long. I sat in the back of the room and didn't participate. I chose to sit in the back of the room because my belief was that I wasn't at the right level to sit at the table. So I created this invisibility story, right? I kept myself back there out of opportunities and I hid behind those who chose to be out in front. Some other examples might be or assumptions or perceptions that you have that are going to prevent you from getting the things that you want, the career that you want to achieve. Some might be, I'm not qualified to do this. If I try this, I could fail. People will judge me. I don't have enough experience. I can't apply for that job because I haven't worked at that level before. I don't have every experience on that job description, so I shouldn't apply. Everybody else is good at this, but I am not. Now, those are all imposter syndrome thoughts. And if you've read my book, chapter seven is filled with a lot of those. Thousands of thoughts go through your head each day, comprised of stories, beliefs, experiences, ideas, and facts. Now, your thoughts might have been influenced by what you learned and experienced as you grew up. Your thoughts can either be positive or negative. If you don't monitor or question the thoughts that go through your mind, then you're going to automatically believe them. As I've said in the book, I compare it to a movie that you watch on repeat. That movie you watch each day becomes the lens through which you see reality and make decisions. Your brain looks at new things to find patterns of information and puts them together with your existing beliefs to confirm that they fit. This is called confirmation bias, and it means you will always be on the lookout for new facts to confirm that the information that you see in your quote-unquote movie is the truth. Now, in most situations, everybody around these types of leaders see how great they're doing. 
but that leader themselves can't get past the doubts and imposter syndrome that they feel. Identifying those limiting beliefs, stories, and doubts is a good first step to changing them. But once they are identified, it creates awareness and offers them a shift in perspective to a more positive view if they decide to take it. But this is a choice. Everyone can make the choice to create what they want in their life. They just need to take that first step. And I know for many, that first step seems kind of scary. I don't know what to do with this information. Even if I do turn it to a more positive view, what do I do with that? And that's just a lack of confidence and not trusting themselves yet. And some of the ways that you can get past this is looking at the past experiences that you've had in your career. You've done great things. Recognize that you've done those great things. You've got great results. You have great accomplishments. You know what you're doing. You just don't trust yourself enough yet. You think that everyone else around you has all the answers. Most of the time, they don't. So think of some project or team that you were part of that you made a huge impact on and you were successful. What had to happen in that situation for you to succeed? That experience helped you gain knowledge, learn a lesson, grow as a leader, bond as a team, or perhaps you made the impossible possible. So are you going to keep that all to yourself? Or could you share what you learned with your team? That's a way to start feeling more confident is to start to teach others the things that you've learned. Start to build your confidence in a big way and you'll start to trust more about what you're doing and share things with people so that they begin to grow too. Now, every person I work with or talk to has an amazing story that has impacted or changed them in some way. They may not think about it as amazing because they lived it. They may say words to describe it that sound like, I was just part of the team. It wasn't a big deal. I was just doing my job. Or we were just in the right place at the right time. This is diminishing and devaluing the good things that happened to avoid being seen and valued. I invite you to look at your experiences and knowledge as extraordinary instead. You will immediately show up and talk about it differently when you see it that way. Remember, with every conversation you have, you get a choice to tell your own story based on what you believe about yourself. So how do you want to tell it? What was the impact that it had on you? How did it shift your thinking or give you new ideas? What did you do because of that experience? Someone you mentor, a peer, or direct report can all benefit because of what you know. But if you don't share it, they never will. How can you take what you've learned and pay it forward by teaching or mentoring someone else? This is your story to tell, to show the good things that you've been involved in or led. Own your story. Whether things went well or there were challenges, every experience teaches you something that you needed to learn or you didn't know about yourself. Embrace those learnings and share them. Now, many times you have to learn about advocating for yourself and your team. Leaders have so many things coming at them, it can be challenging to prioritize. This is especially true for people who feel like they can't say no. They may be people pleasers and struggle to even question someone before saying yes. This is just a muscle that needs to be built. It helps them to maintain their boundaries and not just accept the request. This helps them to build their confidence, advocate for themselves, and give them a choice. They get to make decisions and negotiate the requests so they can provide the best options that work for them. They may hold off on other work to do this request. They may delegate to their team. They may say that they can't do it until next week because they have a higher priority project. There are always options to look at and then make the decision. Helping leaders use their voice and stand up for themselves is a way for them to be visible and gain confidence. So what decision do you think is right in situations where you're being asked to prioritize things? 
figuring out this is important so you start to build your own thought leadership and point of view. It will empower you to have a conversation and make your own decisions. You don't have to respond with a yes or no until you understand what the commitment is, what it will take to accomplish it, and what's best for you and your team. If you are a leader who struggles to say no to requests, or your team does, then try using this approach. Ask the right questions so that you can be a stronger advocate for yourself and your work. Now, sometimes you are given things that you're not expecting as a leader. You have situations that show up and you have to be able to deal with them. And some of those are completely unexpected things that may only happen once in a lifetime. For me, I walked into the office one day and found out that my manager had been seriously injured. We found out that day he was going to be okay, but his recovery would require months out of the office. When my manager's boss told me of this news, he offered his support, but in the next breath said he would have minimal time to be able to work with me as he was working on a global program and would be traveling a lot. I knew what this meant. It meant I was going to be on my own. Now, every day there are challenges that leaders must face, and some are more challenging than others. This was definitely more challenging. I think I'd been in that role maybe two or three months, and it was one of my first opportunities to be a leader of a bigger team. And so I remember that moment of, okay, Sue, you're going to have to step up and own this now. Now, this was an unforeseen moment, and it forced me to become a bigger leader than I was when I walked into the office that morning. Was I ready for this? There was no choice but to be ready and rely on the help of others when I needed it. Now, hopefully this same situation won't ever happen to you, but what would you do if something similar occurred? Would you be ready to lead your team, make all the decisions, and show up in a bigger way? These are the leadership moments that push you out of your comfort zone and allow you to show the capabilities that you have. You have to do more than you thought was possible because there are no other options. What if you could become that leader now without having something bad happen? You can start playing bigger today. You don't need to wait for a crisis. What if you played bigger and didn't seek permission anymore, but took actions that you know need to be done? How do you think you would see yourself in that moment? And how would others see you? Now, I love helping people see themselves in a bigger way, helping them see the possibilities that are there for them if they just take the action to make it happen. Think about what you could do today to become a bigger leader. Just take one action. It doesn't have to be perfect that you know that could make a difference in how others see you. Just try and do an experiment. See what happens. Now, this is a moment to check in with yourself as well as a leader and recognize if you might be doing something to make other people happy while you're miserable. It took a while, but I definitely recognize that that happened for me where I was doing what other people wanted me to do, but I wasn't necessarily being as authentic as I could be or should have been. And I called it wearing a mask. Like I would go into the office and put my mask on and be the person that they wanted me to be. But internally, I had a lot of conflict with that. And so it took me some time to realize that. And sometimes it's about the boundaries that you're not holding for yourself. Uh, Sometimes it's other things that you've created a story around and don't realize But most of the time, it's about just giving yourself some space and time to think about the things that you need to do in the best way. So my initial reaction to having boundaries was I didn't think they were great. (laughs) I felt like they were negative for some reason. And so I didn't want to establish boundaries because as a people pleaser at that point, I didn't think people would like me. Now, my initial reaction was 
they're a good thing now. I have seen so much positive things in, in leaders and in myself because of boundaries. But I did have a ton of resistance back then to put them in place for myself. If you are not someone who sets boundaries today, how would it feel to set one, just to try one? Do you worry that you might be judged for setting one? Will people feel like you're being difficult because you tell them you can't do something that they want you to do? It's kind of fascinating when I think about it now. I worried more about how someone else felt, what they wanted me to do, versus whether or not I was valuable. The things I needed to do were valuable. It's crazy when I think about it now, but there are so many opportunities for you to stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself and not just play the role that someone else wants you to play. So I gained a whole new appreciation for boundaries when I interviewed Krista Gresnik on the podcast. She's episode 34, Keep Your Boundaries. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would strongly recommend it. She teaches a lot of great things about how to establish boundaries and why they're important and why they are kind. She says, boundaries are the kindest and most helpful form of communication that you can offer to another person. She explains how people can see boundaries as positive and it helps them put themselves first instead of everyone else. If you're unsure of how to set a boundary or struggle to say no to others, this is the episode you have to listen to so you can shift how you see boundaries and how you can create them for yourself. Now, leaders need to establish boundaries because they need to focus on the right things and get things done. You are pulled in so many different directions and boundaries can help you stay focused. One of the most challenging things is that you get sucked into other people's stuff, other people's projects, your team's projects, things that they should be able to do on their own, and then you're not focused on the right things as a leader, which will impact you strongly at some point. So looking at ways to set boundaries for yourself so you can stay focused on the things that are most valuable for you to do is really important. So the next thing you should always be thinking about as you are establishing your boundaries and the things that you're doing with your team is making sure not to let opportunities pass you by. Now, I've talked about this on previous episodes because there are so many opportunities where things are inefficient, there are people who need training, there are workload frustrations, problems that need to be solved. And these are just a few of the many, many examples that exist in a company. So how come nobody's trying to solve them? Well, the list of reasons is very you know, simple. It's usually around lack of time, or I don't know how to do it, or it's not my job, it's someone else's job, they should step in and do it. But if you can stop seeing it as a problem and insert the word opportunity, does that shift how you see it at all? Does it allow you to look at it in a way that says, maybe somebody on my team or I can take that and run with it, which gives you the opportunity and it could be really great for you. It can help people see you in a different way, see you in a positive way versus a negative way, especially if you need to shift a perception for yourself. It's a good way to start to make that shift happen. You can be the one that solves the problem, process, or challenge that no one else wanted to. A former manager of mine said, look for the problems that need to be solved when no one else is doing anything about them. You can step in to address them and be seen as a leader who takes initiative to improve things. I know I've mentioned that before, but it's so important for you to think about. You need to be the one who is not afraid to take initiative and try things. Now, this former leader of mine was teaching me about the importance of taking advantage of visibility opportunities, although I didn't recognize that at the time. It's important to do that because you can gain visibility for what you did when no one else would. You also get to show another side of your leadership and it can change how people see you. 
look around and see how many opportunities exist all around you that you could make an impact on. Now, I have shared a bunch of different things that can happen for a new leader when they first get started. And this is a leadership moment. You've got ideas now, you've got challenges that you may face, you've got a team to develop, you've got things to figure out. Now it's time for you to decide. Are you ready to step up and be the leader that you are meant to be, that they're expecting you to be? Or are you going to let that opportunity pass you by? I really want you to spend some time and reflect on that so that you make the best choices for you as a leader and you really get to shine. Let's go into today's visibility action step. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast about negative thoughts and a lot of people struggle with negative thoughts and don't always pay attention to them. But if you just paid attention to the thoughts that you're having and look at some of those examples I gave you, you know, doubts that you have, something that's negative, something that you feel skeptical about, something that you don't feel like you're good enough for, look at any of those thoughts and just write them down. And once you write them down, what I'd like you to do is shift them into a positive. So for example, um, if you're applying for a role and you feel like you don't have you know, every single thing that is needed on that role, trust me, you have more than you realize and you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out because that's what a lot of people do is they don't have all of those things either. They're going to apply and they're going to take the job and they're going to figure it out. So don't be afraid to do that. I think, especially if you're a woman, you might tend to say, I don't have all of the things that are needed. Um, And it's not true, right? You can figure things out. You've already done it before. But if you can look at any of the negative thoughts you have where I don't know enough about whatever that thing is and change it into a positive is I am learning about this and I don't know everything yet, but I will, right? You have to recognize that you have opportunities to learn and grow And just because you have a new manager or leader title doesn't mean you have to have all the answers right now. You can figure this out and give yourself some time and space to do that. Find a mentor, find a coach, find a great influencer in the organization that can help you. Do the things that you need to do to help yourself grow and learn through all these situations you're going to have. And you will have many, but those are all learning opportunities that are going to help you be the best leader you can be. Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.